Welcome to In the Movement Podcast, a podcast discussing all things happening in the credit union movement. Each episode will feature leaders talking history, current affairs, and how we can utilize our expertise to educate, communicate, and mobilize, all to better serve our movement. Here are your hosts, Chris Kem, Austin DeBay. Welcome to another edition of In the Movement Podcast. I am Chris Kim, and on the behalf of my co-host, Austin DeBay, we wanted to introduce you to today's insider host, Caroline Barragon. Caroline is the manager of development and administration of our Mountain West Credit Union Foundation. And today she interviews Jeff Rundell, who is a coach and mentor within our foundation's executive leadership program. Jeff is a certified speaking professional who knows the financial services marketplace with experience in as a federal banking regulator, financial services executive, and congressional lobbyist. He understands the balancing act of safety, soundness, sales, and strategy. As the president of Rising Above Enterprises, Jeff works with financial service providers that want elite and entrepreneurial results in sales, service, and strategy. Each year, he addresses and facilitates nearly 100 credit unions and business partners. And without further ado, here's Caroline. Hi, Jeff. I'd like to thank you for joining us today to speak about the Executive Leadership Program and the value you bring to the program. Caroline, it's nice to be with you. Thanks for inviting me for this podcast. Please tell me about your history with credit unions and how many years you've been in the credit union movement. So my journey with credit unions actually begins with banks. I'm sure a lot of listeners on this podcast have experienced the same. You know, right out of college, I was uh, brought on to the OCC, the comptroller of the currency as a national bank examiner and had a great experience there just examining a wide array of the, the nation's banks from small independent banks to some of the larger money centers in some some larger metropolitan areas. You know, from there, I was recruited by a banker that I had done some regulatory work with. I had regulated or examined her bank in this case and invited me over for some executive type of work. And I really enjoyed the, the opportunity to build and help a, a mid-sized community commercial bank uh, succeed. But it's interesting, a phone call came from the California and Nevada Credit Union Leagues. A dear friend of mine was working there and asked if I would be interested in coming over and eventually joining their uh, their legislative affairs team as their chief lobbyist to Congress. And that was really my introduction to credit unions. And I'd always been familiar with the concept and the industry, but uh, for all intents and purposes, I didn't understand the philosophy it was just accounting debits and credits and loans and deposits and quite honestly the the best way that i found myself becoming very familiar with the credit union industry was just joining as a volunteer i have served on a supervisory committee and on several boards of directors and that was really helpful to me understand beyond the loans and deposits and the various financial products and services that uh, that we hold and uh, from there, I uh, started my own company now 22 years ago, and I've worked with credit unions in a consulting fashion for sales and strategy um, several, well, I should say about 100 times a year is what I tend to travel and ver- ver- visiting, excuse me, with, uh, with various credit union groups, trade associations, and their business partners as well. Wow, that's great. That's a variety of, of financial services that you participated in. 
Well, and it's funny you say that. My my father would say that I can't hold down a steady job. I, I like to say that I've sat at a lot of desks there, but uh, nevertheless, it's been a great journey. Still is a wonderful journey, and it's just a it's a lot of fun and it's a great experience to, to visit so many different types of credit unions from their sizes, their shapes, their business models, how they serve their members. That I often joke: if you've seen one credit union, you've seen one credit union. And of the five thousand one hundred credit unions here in the states, there are five thousand one hundred different business models, which makes it just a unique opportunity every time I do visit with uh, an institution. Tell me about how your experience has led you to become a mentor with the foundation through the executive leadership program. So it's interesting. A couple of years ago, Dr. Dan Santangelo gave me a phone call and asked if I would be willing and interested to serve as a mentor to, uh, in this case, a credit union professional in Arizona, like I said, just a couple of years ago. And I'll be honest, I was incredibly humbled and honored by it humbled that uh, Dr. Dan would reach out, but I suppose I was also humbled realizing that I must be getting longer in the tooth and grayer in the hair to be considered as a mentor. Maybe I've been around a, a bit of time that uh, that he would reach out. Then the honoring side or being honored was uh, quite honestly, like I had mentioned, I had served in my professional capacity as an examiner, as a banker, a lobbyist, and now a consultant to the industry. And I think where that helped me or led me to be considered as a mentor is is that I've seen a lot, I've learned a lot from credit union professionals. I've listened to, to how you, you the credit union professional executive, might be running your institution and the opportunity to share that wisdom, that insight, some of the lessons that you've learned and shared with me to some up and coming professionals was really a great opportunity. And that I think is what led me to really consider and accept the idea of being a mentor to now two professionals with the the Mountain West Credit Union Association. You mentioned you started this about, or you have 22 years of experience. I wanted to tell you, you must have started when you were in high school or something. Yeah, thanks for that. I'll make sure that we call that the local child labor board. I started at such a, a young age there. It's been a great run. It really has and continue to enjoy it. And like I said, there's a different opportunity, a different credit union every time that I walk through the doors or engage in a Zoom meeting or happen to, uh, to trade some ideas at a conference. And it's just so rewarding to see how many different credit unions serve so many unique members in a capacity and in a fashion that is right for their members and their members alone in many cases. We are unique as in people helping people. I think that is our philosophy and we try and follow it as best we can. Yeah, and you know, you're right. It's so intriguing that you say we're unique in people helping people. And, you know, in the spirit of transparency, I certainly have visited with banking groups in the past. And it's intriguing is that banking groups don't collaborate as much as credit union leaders do. And I think that is a strategic advantage that we hold as an industry. All things being equal, I've seen the banking model. I've worked in the banking model. I really don't have anything against the banking model. I just do believe that the credit union business model is better for consumers and now small businesses. So we may serve some, some similar types of customers, business, and retail and offer the same types of products and services in many cases, but our business model is different and more advantageous just because of the ownership structure that credit unions offer to their customers, their members, their owners, all in one. And you fit that model as well, Jeff, coming out, you know, you helping us with our executive leadership program. Please share how this program benefits the mentees that you've taken on board while helping us assist us through this program. 
Sure. So just thinking of the two mentees that I've worked with or the two up and coming professionals that I've worked with, I think it helps them gain a larger perspective of, of what's next for them professionally. They may be serving as an assistant vice president, a, a vice president, or somewhere in their career, they're beginning to work their way into the managerial and executive ranks. And where I feel that they receive the most value is just understanding what's required, what's necessary, what's expected at that next level. And really, it's an opportunity to understand how so many parts of a credit union are connected away from the individual department or division that they may manage. And one of the key components, I believe, that they really gather a lot of, of insight and, oh gosh, I would just say that they, they gather some perspective is that many times there are other pressures in other departments. There are other pressures that other managers or executives are facing. And the more we understand the dynamics of how the credit union and all of the credit union managers work together and what they face, then we can have kind of larger conversations and greater communication to, to move these larger strategic programs forward. So sort of answer your question in a nutshell, I think it's the larger, more dynamic and strategic perspective that mentees benefit from the most. I bet even working with the mentees, you get to learn a lot more about their credit unions, even when in your own business model, when you're working with other credit unions, you learn more. But as a mentor, how does the executive program help you or how does it benefit you as you move on and, and do your professional speaking and your sharing what your knowledge with other credit units? How does that help you? It's a good point and a great question. You would think a mentor-mentee type of a relationship is all, all going to be one direction where it's the mentor communicating with the mentee, the lessons that she or he has learned through the years. And it is quite the opposite. I, I would argue that I learn more from the mentee than the mentor might be able to capture from some of the, the ideas and the insights and the challenges that I might pose. It's incredibly fulfilling to work with someone who's coming up the ranks there. It, it's, it's wonderful to help them with their growth, maybe to help them navigate the waters of of, uh, of credit union America or corporate credit union America, just to, to understand the role of, of executive leadership and working with the board of directors and just some of the, the various dynamics that are involved at the executive level. Where I find really wonderful value is I get a chance to work with that next generation of executives, the individuals who are up and coming, they're, they're going to be the next CEOs at either their credit union or another credit union. And it helps me to understand what are the changes coming along the professional ranks, expectations that, that are going to be required at that highest level of decision-making. And so it's a wonderful opportunity to work with the next generation of executives and get a sense of, of how they're going to become even more efficient once they do reach that C-suite. I know even in my own role, I've sought out mentors and I currently have one and I benefit so much from her and her help when I need to bounce things off of her. She's been in my role before, had more experience. I'm always reaching out to her just for advice or rolling my ideas to her and then having her, you know, give me her input. And it's really beneficial as I move forward in my own position. It's a great point. In fact, I'm glad that you mentioned that you have a mentor. I have several mentors myself. It's not a formal program like we have here, but it's a de facto mentorship. In fact, the individual that I'm thinking of is 19 years my senior. His name is Carl. I, I consider him one of my dearest friends. 
Carl was a chief executive in an institution or excuse me, an industry completely unrelated to financial institutions. He made tent poles for owned a manufacturing company that made aluminum tent poles. But what I, I gained from him is just his wisdom, his experience, his the pressures that is faced and, and how he made decisions navigating the waters of manufacturing are quite similar to how we make good decisions and how we understand what might be the right trade-off to make in a, in a decision-making capacity. And so I think that's one way to, to really hone your own mentoring skills is have a mentor yourself that you learn from just as much as you learn from those that you are mentoring. Yes, I know. I Like I said, it's helped me a lot. As we talk about the executive leadership program, what do you see that's most beneficial in it or what would you change or what would you recommend or how would you pitch this to a future leader evaluating if they'd like to participate in this program? It's a great program. And, and what I found most enticing and interesting to me is the exclusivity. It, it's not like a conference where everyone can pay $999 and go to it for several days and get the same level of information or the same kind of information. I really do admire the exclusivity. It's a small group of individuals that are hand selected and they're responsible for making their way through the entire leadership program. What I would change would, would honestly be find ways to bring more support into the program itself so there are more resources for participants. I still do believe it's it's smart and it's wise to keep it a very select type of opportunity just because of the nature of its development and what it does offer. But there are many other potential participants who would find great value in this. I think what I would change is just continue to, to move forward and add more resources, gain more dollars into the system so you can provide the funding for these types of mentorship and executive leadership programs. Thank you for that advice. I know you mentioned you've worked with two of our emerging leaders. What are some of the common issues that you've seen them face? So what I encourage them to do is think outside the office, their office. And that is going to be one of the challenges they might face, but also one of the greatest opportunities and advantages they can gain from something like this. Thinking outside the office asks them to to consider with any project, with any new product, with any new initiative that the credit union might be embarking upon is there are many other departments that are affected. And as an executive, you're responsible for seeing projects through on an enterprise-wide level. And so it's valuable to include other departments in your thinking, in your decision-making, in your conversations, and really learn how to communicate with them at a high level. What, What I find is most common is that as up-and-coming executives bring their ideas and are trying to create solutions. The more they think outside of their office, the more they include other departments and have high-level communications, the more ways they understand how all of the moving parts of the credit union can work together. And as they move those projects through with those large, high-level conversations with other similar peer executives, those ideas that they now will bring to the next level are well-vetted because they've taken them across the entire spectrum of the credit union, rather than just thinking through it at their own level inside their own figurative office and what they know best. I bet it's really challenging for them to look outside of their own environment, but it gives them a vast knowledge of areas that they probably are not exposed to on an everyday basis. So having you challenge them with that, it probably puts everything in perspective for them as the way a credit union runs. As the president of your company, Jeff, how do you 
keep your mentorship skills honed in and up to date? What do you do? What books do you read? Or how do you do what you do every day and perfect it? I think I try to master that every day too. I, maybe I should ask myself at some point, how do I do what I do every day and, and, and strive to get better? So I, I think the best way to grow in your mentorship skills, if you are a current mentor or you're seeking to become a mentor, uh, first of all, be be willing and, and open to have a mentor yourself. There's a great way to sort of understand what it's like on the other side of that figurative table, just to get the the perspective of what someone who is sharing their ideas with you will be facing. But I think in order to grow as a professional, whether you're in a mentorship capacity or just growing at that executive level, I read a lot. You know, some of the common books and periodicals that I read, you know, daily and monthly. Obviously, uh, gosh, the Wall Street Journal, the Harvard Business Review. I subscribe to Executive Book Summaries, and that's a a company that summarizes roughly fifty of the best business books out every year in a short eight-page format for each book. And what I like about that is it certainly gives me an idea of what the book is about and a, a large perspective and a large kind of world view of what uh, what's moving forward in the business publishing world. But it also gives me enough information that if I need to dig a little deeper, I can go out and buy the physical book myself. And then honestly, I think one of the, the greatest ways to sort of keep your own mentorship skills honed and up to date outside of reading and listening is just hanging out with other executives in credit unions. Uh, some of them might be new executives. Some of them might be very seasoned executives or perhaps past executives that now serve on boards of directors, because many times you can learn just as much by listening asking and having deep conversations than you can by reading industry publications and other business newspapers and uh, periodicals. That's great information. I'm going to take that and run with it. What do your future mentors need to know to be successful in our ELP program? What advice would you give our mentors that are coming on board to assist these emerging leaders? Absolutely. I would recommend to any up and coming mentor who's going to be a part of this program, accept the fact that you as a mentor do not have all of the answers. Remember, sometimes we feel like a mentor menteeship type or a mentor mentee relationship is, is one sided and it's not. It is, it's back and forth. And so you don't have all of the answers. What you do have as a mentor is probably tools, experience, connections, ideas to help mentees find a way and really to help them think through their professional walks based on the experience, some of the connections and some of the introductions that you might be able to make. You don't have all of the answers, but through your years of experience, through the various functions that you've served in a credit union or another financial institution, you have the tools, you have the know-how, you have the, the past opportunities to help them find a way and think through their walks to come through and create the, the best decision. I know you and I spoke about this in a previous conversation. One CEO mentioned, am I willing to follow me? And it it stuck with, it resonated with me just in the employee that I am as I move further up the chain. Am I willing to follow me? And it helps me every day as I think about the way that I conduct myself in my own environment. How do you answer that question for yourself, Jeff? 
And that's a good question. I do remember having that conversation with you. And I think that the key idea that came from it was, would I hire myself? And I immediately sat down and started to ask myself the question. And honestly, over the last month or so, since we did visit, I've sort of jotted that down each week and just asked, would I hire myself? If my board of directors was going to invest X number of dollars into a new initiative that I brought to them, would I be the type of individual they would want to make sure is moving forward with this investment? and creating this new product or this new system. It's a very telling question. It's a very uh, eye-opening question. And it does force you to ask and answer what you're doing well at, but also where there might be some gaps. And more importantly, what are you going to do to fill in those gaps? And like I said, I immediately thought of that myself and, and, and made it uh, made it part of my my own personal development. But I took it out to some other clients that I work with and said, uh, what do you guys think of this? And we started to work through these questions or that question on our own for their betterment. And they found it very effective and they're using it on a casual basis as well. That's great to hear. As emerging leaders evaluate this program to be a part of it, what advice would you give them when they're seeking out a mentor for their last quadrant? I think the most important item for them to look for is fit, not just to have anyone as a mentor because it just may be the wrong fit. You want someone who has the experience that you're looking for, perhaps the expertise in a field or part of a field that's of interest to you or what you're looking to move uh, move into. I would also say energy, someone who wants to dedicate the time, the energy, the, the commitment that's required to be part of a mentorship program. They certainly need to have a, a personality that doesn't necessarily fit exactly or have an exact fit with you, but someone that you can get along with, someone that you can have a, a good back and forth conversation. And, and when that mentor is willing to challenge you, you can take that challenge and, and seek to deliver upon that. So keep in mind as you're looking for someone to mentor yourself, is this going to be the right fit for me? Does this person have the experience, the expertise? Are they just ex- excited about the opportunity as I am? And, and will they challenge me to become a better professional? And am I, am I willing to act on some of the challenges that they will pose? That's great advice. I think the most important part of that is the challenge part. Not always seeking out a mentor that's going to agree with you or somebody that you completely feel comfortable with, somebody that you admire because they are different. They are the person that is going to challenge you. That's I think that's the best in a mentor and that's what people should seek out when they're looking for that. Yeah, it really, it really is key. You don't want someone to tell you everything that you want to hear. It's what you need to, to hear. And sometimes it forces you to grow. Sometimes it asks you to be a little more uncomfortable. Sometimes it, it requires that you some, seek some additional growth and really challenge yourself. And some of those challenges could be increasing your education, taking on some new opportunities, learning how to delegate more, learning how to present to the board of directors. There are a number of different challenges that exist, but it's important to understand where you want to grow the most and how your mentor can help you move a little more forward in that capacity. That's that's correct. As we come to an end, how does this executive leadership program help emerging leaders get ahead in their career? How have you seen the leaders that you've coached grow and get to where their next level is? What I've seen is most effective. In fact, each of the, the mentees that I've worked with, they want to get to the C-level. 
And my first question or first act of advice, I suppose, is if you want to get to the sea level, you have to think and act at the sea level. And that involves understanding strategy, understanding the value that your ideas, that your experience, that your proposals will bring to the credit union as a whole, not just the, the department that you might be leading. You also have to be committed to execution. And oftentimes as an executive, execution can take months, if not years. It's not a day-by-day success type of program. It's a long-term, many resources are a part of type of project, and it requires focus, extreme levels of focus, being willing to say no in order to say yes to the right opportunities and initiatives. I am reminded of a story that's uh, attributed to the late Steve Jobs from Apple in that he was famous for bringing his executive team together on a regular basis and essentially asking them, where do we need to be moving forward? What, what divisions, what departments, what programs, initiatives, where does Apple need to be moving forward in order to continue being a leader in our space? And he would ask them to list hundreds of ideas up on a, up on a wall, up on a white chart. And at the end of this process, they would whittle down to a list of 10 areas where Apple really needed to move forward. Steve Jobs would then encourage them to find three of 10 that really would make the biggest difference. And out of the end would be three areas of complete focus. He was asked, are you proud of what Apple has done, the decisions that you have made? And of course, he would say yes. But he's also known for saying, I'm equally, if not more proud of what we didn't do. By strategically saying no to some really good opportunities, we also said yes to the right handful of opportunities that have put us where we are. And I think one of the key skills at the sea level is you do get a lot of opportunities, a lot of ideas, a lot of shiny objects that can distract us. There is value in execution and focus. And I really do believe that's a skill set at the sea level that is beneficial in this mentorship program. That is what we hope for them to be looking forward to is getting to that sea level. And with your help, I'm sure that that's where they will be in their future. Thank you, Jeff, for your support and participation with the Executive Leadership Program and being our guest today on Mountain West Credit Union Association's Movement Podcast. Yeah, it's been a pleasure and and honestly a great experience. And I I hope for the opportunity to work with some of your up-and-coming leaders again. Well, you know me. I'll be reaching out to you, Jeff, so don't go too far. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Well, that's all for today's episode of In the Movement Podcast. Thanks for listening, and thank you for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to your favorite podcast listing app so you never miss an episode, or visit us on Twitter at MWCUA. 